We're live. This is this is Tyler Dunn with Dunn Deal Investments LLC, where the deal is already done. We're on episode 100. It's crazy. Can't believe it. I'm sure people are probably like, "Damn, he's on 100th episodes." I've seen uh, you know, a couple of people that I know that uh, come on here and they're like, they're like, "Damn, yeah, you're almost at 100." Well, now I'm officially at 100. So <clears throat> we're just gonna keep going. So now the next goal is gonna be 200 episodes, and we're just gonna keep on repeating the process, right? Uh, start over and keep going and and uh, repeat, 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 right? So that's what we're going to do. So now we're going for 200 episodes, which is going to be a while. It's probably easily going to be, uh, it's going to be like probably like six or eight months to do that because I'm doing like two episodes a week. And depending on, you know, getting more guests on here, when I get more guests, like three or four episodes a week, which actually boosts up, you know, productivity with uh, goals and updates. But, you know, 100 episodes is pretty awesome. So that's something definitely to celebrate you know, later on today, I'm probably celebrating a hundred episodes on, uh, on live streaming, which is pretty awesome. Now, uh, if you're new to goals and updates, how we do this show is it's called goals and updates for a reason we go, or I go and I update you on my life in the beginning of the segment. And I'm updating you to show you that I'm human. I'm trying to learn the same stuff that I'm, I'm trying to teach you about and, and get people to, you know, change their mindset. And so I'm trying to do it at, at the same rate that I'm trying to teach you, but I'm also, you know, some, some of these skills and traits that I'm, I'm sharing, like some of them are actually skills that I have that I've developed over a long period of time. And then there's new ones that I talk about and I'm trying to adapt those into my own reality and my own life. And that's why I'm trying to show you in the beginning, I, you know, I'd show you these updates where I'm like, Hey, I really want to accomplish this. Hey, I accomplished this. Now I want to do this and move on to a new one. Excuse me. So that's the whole point of the, the beginning where I show you my updates and, and my goals. And I show you that I'm basically just doing the same stuff that I'm telling you. And I'm, and I'm showing that I'm leading by example. So that's how we start the show. We do the updates in the beginning and we go into two topics, which today's topics are going to be try new things. This is the first one. The second one's going to be look into success stories. And then we're going to talk about done deal investments at the end, and then we'll wrap it up. So to start off, <clears throat> I do want to let you know that uh, I started goals and updates because I, I hit rock bottom at one point in my life. And, th- you know, a lot of things happened to me when I hit this rock bottom low. And I realized that I, you know, I, I tended to blame a lot of people. I tended to point the finger a lot. And so what I realized that I had to do I don't know what you mean by that, Sterling. The two things that you're going to try to are going to try. Two things. Talking about the topics. The topics are try new things. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, hang on. We'll get to the topics after this, but I think I know what you're saying. But um, but so I hit a, a, a rock bottom or a, a low point, right? And I started blaming a lot of people. And what I tended to realize that it wasn't other people's fault. It was my own fault. And it came down to coming through a video at one point in time and and I came across this motivational video and they were talking about how a lot of people tend to blame other people they play the victim the victimhood mentality is what it's it's kind of really called and I came across that they were talking about creating a new mindset and so what I started to realize was you know I never was always at that point it was because a traumatic thing happened to me and it caused me to go into a different mindset and a different Uh, outcome obviously happened because my mindset was different. So 
when I decided to change it to a more positive outlook on life and try to cut, you know, a lot of, a lot of people give you a lot of negative advice. People are always talking negativity or at least negative, um, negative to themselves and other people around them. And I realized that really fast once I started listening to more motivational videos and different people that were experts in the mind and how, why the mind thinks the way it is in psychology, I dove a little bit more deeper into psychology and different things where I realized that it was my mindset that caused me to go into this depression stage and different out, you know, different, um, different viewpoints that caused me to go into a spiral downward spiral, uh, mindset. And I realized that the depression was a choice and that I had to start developing this mindset differently. So that's why I created goals and updates because a little bit of a, a little bit more of a backstory before I tell you the whole thing. The other real reason was uh, I ended up running into someone that became one of my really close friends, which I'm actually going to hang out with after this episode. And I, I met her. And when I met her, she was also at a low point and I was just building myself up, right? I was at a point where I was okay mentally, right? But the person that I was talking to wasn't. What's up, Jerry? Haven't seen you in a while. What's up? But um, I was talking to her and I realized that she was in the same position I was. And I started telling her like, hey, man, it's the way you're looking at things. It's your mindset is in a different direction. And I'm like, I understand where you're coming from with everything. Everything's overwhelming. You care a lot about what people think about. And I'm like, the truth of the matter is you're really in control of your own life. And you have to realize that uh, that you have to go through a course that you want to go through and you have to change the way you're looking at the outcome of, of your life. And you've got to start taking actions and steps to get to that mindset where you're going to be happy. And I started explaining the stuff that I go over with you guys in these episodes. And what ended up happening was at first she was like, it's not working. It's not working. And I was telling her it's, it's not a short term fix. It's a long term fix. It's you have to do it for a long period of time. Um, and everyone's different. It might, you know, you could do it for a month. It might work for you. Some other person might be in a deeper traumatic, uh, bad mindset. And they, maybe it takes them six months to seven months just to change all their habits. And that's really what you're doing in the mindset is you're changing the habits of how you're thinking. And it sounds simple, obviously, when I break it down, but you'll understand, like, if you try to adapt some of these skills, it's going to take you a decent amount of time to physically master them. And some of them you don't even master. You just get to a point where you, you basically point out like, oh, I've been doing this. Now I'm going to change this. And you start seeing different outcomes. But, you know, some of these skills you're not going to really be able to master. It's going to be you're constantly kind of battling yourself and you're constantly trying to progress through that skill and, and develop that skill set or that mindset with the skills to get the mindset. And after a certain amount of time, you know, she, she was someone that was going through a lot. She was definitely in a, I think in a, in a worse situation than I was. And I managed, you know, a couple months later, I started talking to her again and like caught up with her and, you know, she thanked me because a lot of people are giving her the wrong information and they were kind of just trying to tell her to go to a doctor and the doctor's like, you know, I don't really know what's wrong with you. So here's some medication. This is what the best, the best advice I can give you is take this medication. And it made her worse. And unfortunately that's kind of, that's society nowadays. Everyone thinks they can take a drug and fix it when and you don't want to go the long route. Everyone wants the short route to success. Everyone wants the short route to fix their problems. 
And depending on how complicated the problem is, it might not be, you know, tomorrow the solution might not be um, a solution where you just do it and then all of a sudden tomorrow your problems are solved. It might be a more complicated problem where, you know, it's going to take longer time. And I think that's the big problem is people want the short-term stuff rather than the long-term. So you're playing a short-term type of game and not the long-term game. And the long-term game is fixing your mindset. The, the first step to anything successful, anything that you're going to have to go through, you got to be mentally tough, not physically tough. And that's what people don't talk about. That's what people don't do. They don't build the mindset. They just go and start working on their physical appearance, not the physical mind, right? Or the mindset. So once I helped her, you know, she got a lot better. Like even today, like she, you know, she still battles things. Uh, I still battle things. Um, I'm not telling you it's going to be a perfect road because, you know, no, no human on planet earth is perfect and no person's life is ever perfect. There's always roadblocks and you got to get around it or go through it or figure out some way to get, you know, get to the next area in your life. And that's just life. I mean, nothing's perfect in life or at least in this world. Right. So that's the point that I'm trying to make to you. That's why I started goals and updates. Cause once I started helping her, and I started realizing like, oh, all this stuff that I learned and, and I'm passing on the information to her and she's getting better. And she was at a point where um, like she was at a point where like it, it was like life or death situation. And I got I fixed her mindset and got her back on on the right path for herself. Right. And that's what really changed me. And I was like, you know, I really want to do I've always wanted to do kind of podcasting. And I'm like, I just didn't really know what route to go down. And once I started kind of telling her about that stuff, she kind of motivated me a little bit to do the podcast. Um, and she's like, you'd be really good at that. The way you present information, the way you're very logical, the way uh, you just present information is very logical and understanding. And you're, you're just a, you're a general, you're generally a good person and it, it shows when you speak. So I just decided to do goals and updates and, you know, now we're on a hundred episodes. So anything's possible. And I just want you to know that, that anything is physically possible. As long as you can dream it and you take the steps and you don't let other people talk you out of it and you just keep on moving forward and taking those baby steps. Uh, just like I was talking, uh, it was kind of funny. Uh, yesterday I went to church and uh, the one person that we usher with that I've seen, you know, I'm friends with uh, was, I was like, yeah, so how's everything going in your life? Right. We're just, we're just standing there. I'm like, how's everything going in your life? And he's like, you know, I just, I, I'm just getting by one day at a time. And he's like, you know, one foot in front of the other. And I'm like, yep, it's those baby steps that count, right? So the point that I'm trying to tell you is it is about the baby steps. It's the small little steps you take, right? If you're, and this is a cool one that I, that I can't take credit for, but it's, it's something I've heard a lot where you're a baby, right? When you're a baby, you can't walk, you crawl. And you might not even really be able to crawl that well. Uh, you just, you know, at first you might not be able to crawl that well. Eventually you get really good at crawling. And then eventually you start trying to take those baby steps to, to walk. And then eventually you become an expert at walking. It's the same thing with the mindset. At first you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle. You're going to struggle. But as you keep working that muscle, as you keep working that mindset, you're going to start seeing the changes. And you're going to, the, the coolest part is once you do develop that mindset and it becomes, you know, it becomes to a point where you could start pointing out other people's uh, negativity and, and different things that are kind of going to cause you a little bit of pain. It's crazy because you'll start seeing it everywhere you go. You'll see it at the job that you're at. You'll see it at the people you just talk to. If you're a cashier or um, a salesperson or anyone, you'll just start seeing negativity 
spawn itself in front of you from other individuals. And at the same time, you'll, ju you'll just see it generally in the world, the news, uh, you'll see it everywhere. And you'll be like, Oh man, I didn't, I didn't realize that that was, you know, that's negative or that's this. Um, I just kind of started living my life and floating beyond, uh, you know, floating throughout my life. I haven't really been paying attention. That's the other thing too, is you start being more aware once you start building the mindset and that's when you start seeing more things and it's crazy. So that's why I started goals and updates to, to be able to create a better, you know, help people give more information to people where they can build a better mindset. Because unfortunately, I think the millennial generation definitely has the most depression. I've talked to, you know, a lot of my friends, a lot of people that are young and a lot of them fight depression because they don't know what they want to do with their life. Uh, they basically, you know, they have a lot of, a lot of stress from their parents. Uh, that's, that was my problem for a while too. I had a lot of pressure outside pressure because I tried to do something. And then other people that were really close to me, family members and, and, and whatnot kind of started to talk me out of certain things. Cause they didn't, it, they couldn't see the vision or they couldn't see what I wanted to do. So when I told them about it, they were just, you know, they're, they're just like, well, you know, it's kind of stupid. It's not going to work. You have to go do this and you got to go do that. And, and they just knew one path when in reality there could be, you know, 50 or a hundred different paths you can take in your life. But, you know, most people are scared and they, they try to convince you otherwise. So, you know, that's the reason I'm trying to do goals and updates too. I'm just trying to inform more people to help them build that mindset and to, and to be able to basically live a life that they want to live and not let other people talk them out of things. Because I'm at a point right now where I just laugh at people that try to talk me out of things. And they, they and it's really funny because I think people get, you know, some people like take it as like, like this guy's an asshole. But I'm laughing because it's my counteraction. It's, it's like my counteracting uh, mechanism where it's like, you know, I'm laughing because now I understand why these people are telling me certain things. Uh, most people tell you things because of themselves. They're trying to put their own uh, doubts and and bad mindset or negativity on you because that's what they believe in. And that's what you have to start realizing is the people that are telling you certain things really believe in the, in the crap they're telling you. And they don't realize there's another way or there's, there's other information that proves that they're actually wrong on a lot of different things with the mindset and how you're thinking. And if it's possible to go do, you know, dream something and go achieve it. And Unfortunately, you know, it's a mindset that society has really, really tried to nurture into, you know, being depressed and not really helping and, and fixing the problem, but kind of put a bandaid over it with medications and different things. So um, my advice to you is if you're if you're new to goals and updates and, you know, you're seeing like, oh, it's 100 episodes, I really highly recommend going back. Facebook has all of them. Uh Podbean, which I'm going to get into in a minute. Podbean doesn't have all of them. I'm still working endlessly to get as many episodes a day or every week up there. Because I have, like I said, and we're on episode 100. I have about 16 episodes up on Podbean. I have two more that I downloaded that I got to put up there and just, you know, transform or convert into MP3 to get it on Podbean, but which takes, you know, a couple minutes. But each download takes easily two hours or a little bit more than two hours. So you can just imagine the time that I have to sit here and try to download each episode for, you know, over a hundred episodes. So, excuse me. So the point is, you know, I'm working endlessly to get those up, but if you really want to go through some really good ones, I'd highly recommend going through Facebook and just going through the status and, or my, 
my um I'm gonna call it a status, but it's probably not what it's called, but to my feed, that's what I wanted. My feed and just start looking through the videos and point out ones which you think are probably gonna be good topics to talk about, or maybe they you could relate more to them and you're struggling on those topics and just listen to it and just you know decide for yourself if it's accurate information or not. Um, I know it's true. You know, I don't, I don't lie. I don't say anything that, that, uh, I don't believe in. Like I said, I lead by example and that's why I do the, I'm going to show you the intro part of this, but that's the whole point of goals and updates. So, you know, show me some support like this video, go out and, you know, go on Podbean real quick. Uh, if you want to go look at the, the old episodes that I have on Podbean right now, up to 16, it's goals and updates dot podbean.com so and it's in the description it's on instagram it's on facebook in the description so there's no reason you can't find it and now we're going to go to the intro or the the updates right so the updates so so far i don't have a lot of updates for this episode just because my manager has been out um things have just been kind of moving kind of smoothly and it hasn't it hasn't really been too chaotic there's a couple of things I want to uh, achieve, right? But then I haven't achieved them or I haven't, I haven't really took the proper steps in order to put them on this show yet. So I'm not going to, you know, put them up here and, and I haven't accomplished them or anything. So the one that I can definitely tell you is the productivity goal, which I've been talking about in the last couple of uh, episodes of goals and updates. And if you're, if you're new and you're just listening to this, that productivity goal at my job, they give you bonuses. And the real reason I've been trying to hit all these bonuses, by the way, is because I was watching a Grant Cardone video, a little side story. I was watching this video with Grant Cardone and he was talking about, to you always have to try to increase your income. Most people settle with what they have, but there's always a way to increase your income throughout any company that you're working for. Whether it's uh, selling something extra on the side as you know, you're a salesperson and there's the main product, but now you have a side product, which you can sell on top of that and upsell them. What's up, Lisa Joe? Uh, and you can upsell them. So that's a way to increase your income, right? But at my job, what they do is they do bonuses. You get one for, it's $150 for just doing your inheritance, which is clocking in the phone on time, showing up on time, and they rate you. And if it's 95% or above, which mine's always about 100% or you know 99%, it's it goes, you get 150 on your, your monthly paycheck. Now the second one would be productivity, which you have to, I do email response. So, and each one's kind of different, but the one that I do, I have to do at least six an hour. So I really have to do eight an hour to get to the maximum goal, which would be, you have to do 120% or better on productivity to get another 150. So you can get $300 extra each month on your paycheck. And that's what I've been doing. I've been hitting the 150 every single time, which is the 100% inheritance. I've never gotten the extra 150 for productivity. So this month, I've gotten all the way through. I got two more days, right? Two more days out of the 31 days of July, and I'll get that goal. I'll hit that goal for the first time ever, which I'll update you guys probably next week because we're on when, um, actually Wednesday. I can actually update you if I hit it or not. I'll know for a fact. But and then the next week after that, I'll actually let you know if it's on my paycheck or not. Or um, when I go to the one-on-one, she'll tell me like, hey, like you actually hit the goal. Like they're going to give you 150 here and they're going to give you 150 here, right? She'll tell me. So I'll update you guys on the way. But I have two more days that I have to hit it. So I'm pretty psyched because that's a big, big goal. 
And most people there don't hit that 150. And like, I thought it was impossible my first couple of months working at this company. And I'm like, there's no way I can hit 120% or more. And I've been hitting it every single day. And actually I've been doubling the number, doubling and tripling the number at times. So the point that I'm trying to make to you is it's a big win for me. It's a big achievement that I got to this point where I'm going to get $300 on that paycheck. And even though you're probably telling yourself, well, it's not a lot of money. It's not just about the money. It's about me hitting the goal. I set the goal and I hit it. Right? So that's the big thing with that, with that productivity goal is, is I set that goal and, I'm, and now I can mark it off my list and now make a better goal, which is going to be, now I want to hit it every single month. I want to get $300 extra on my paycheck. And that's one way to increase the income. Um, and then there's other ways which I can do, which I can like after, you know, six months, which I think I'm four months in almost five. I think this one would be the fifth month after we get through July. And I have one more month. Now I can apply for different departments and go for, um, you know, higher raises and different positions where I'll get paid more. And it's like promotions within that company every six months you can move. So the next big goal for that company would be, I want to get to the marketing department and start working with uh, the marketing team there and start building a, a bigger resume. Cause that's really the career path that I'm, I'm on. It's, it's marketing or sales. Um, but marketing, you know, I want to build the portfolio because in marketing, they want seven or eight years. And I only have about three, I think, two and a half to three years as part-time, not full-time marketer. But I need to get to a, a point where I have more experience in marketing. So if I ever go down, you know, down the future and I'm like, hey, I want to work for this massive corporation, like Apple would definitely be one of my uh, my dream marketing positions just because the way they market their their actual products and different um, items that they sell. And just the marketing in general is very colorful. It's very bold. It's, I just, I, I really appreciate that type of marketing. It's, it's new marketing, not outdated marketing. And that's something that, you know, is, is a, is a dream that I eventually, you know, I want to conquer. And I know if I go to apply for Apple for a marketing position, they're going to want seven or eight years of marketing experience. So I need to start, keep on building that resume to be put into a position where I can do that. And that's what I'm going to try to do with this company. So I started from the bottom and I'm going to try to work my way into a, a department there that um, if I would have just applied, they would probably not have looked at me because I don't have the experience and I don't have the degrees. So that's what I'm going to try to do. Now, that's one, that's one goal that, um, you know, that I can update you guys on. The other thing is um, I took a coworker's shift. So I'm going to be working tomorrow. I don't normally work on Tuesdays. Um, I'm, I'm normally off and I just work on my business, done deal investments. And then I go to Toastmasters at night. But the reason I'm telling you, I took a shift yesterday or yeah, tomorrow it's going to be tomorrow. I'm going to take the shift is a coworker came up to me and was like, Hey, I really need someone to take my shift. Would you do it now? I don't know if she went to other people. I'm pretty sure she just went to me and she didn't ask anyone else. Cause she knows other people are not going to take the position and swap the position right? Cause she wanted to swap her Tuesday for my Saturday and just work on Saturday and me work her Tuesday. Now at the time I was kind of, you know, cause I'm human at the time. I'm like, I really need the Tuesday off. I want to work on my business, right? I want to work on my business. I want to get some stuff done. I have to renew my driver's license and I have to go and pay for my tag, renew my tags on my vehicle. So I'm like, you know, and that's a great way to do it as a Tuesday. Cause I'm off all the way up until six, uh, 630 where I have to then drive to Toastmasters. So it's a great way to go and get those, those little things done where 
uh, those offices are only open Mondays through Friday. I'm pretty sure. I don't think they're open on Saturdays. So that that's what I was going to do on, you know, tomorrow as I was going to go renew tags, my driver's license, do all this stuff. And so I thought about it and I was like, you know, it's kind of selfish of me to do that. Like I could, I, you know, I don't need to do it right away. Like right this moment, I can do it next week if I really had to. And I'm like, I should really step up to the plate and help this person that's in my department. And I really should help out, help her out because if the tables were turned, I would want her to cover for me, right? If, if the tables were turned I really and I really needed that day off and I went to her and, and I told her, hey, you know, I'm not going to do that day. Got to find someone else and no one else does it. And she's screwed, right? I screwed her over. I can't, I can't do that to her, right? I can't go to her and then be like, hey, can you cover this shift for me? I really need it. Like I have to do this. And so that's what I thought about. And I thought about for a second, what I've been telling you guys on goals and updates, how you have to, you have to be the go, the go-to person. You have to go do this. And I thought about it for, you know, I went on break and I thought about it and I was like, you know what, I'm going to take it for her. I can push off the other stuff. It's not that important right now. And I can help her. I'll help her out. Right. So I go to her and I'm like, we're about to go into a meeting. And I told her, I'm like, Hey, I'll take that shift for you. I'll swap my Tuesday for, um, for you to, you know, I'll work your Tuesday and you just work my Saturday and we'll just change shifts. And I'm like, um, then we'll both just contact Lori and tell her, which is my manager. I'm like, we'll just go and we'll go and tell her we're going to switch. And she goes, Oh, she's, and like, it was funny. Cause she was like, Oh my God, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Right. And she's all happy. And she like comes over to give me a hug, which I wasn't expecting. And she gives me a hug and she's like, thank you. Thank you so much. Like, like you just helped me out so much. And then the other person that I work with was talking to her and she's like, Oh, now you can go order I overheard her because I was right there. She's like, oh, now you can go order your tickets to go to um, this place. I think she has to go do something for her family. It was like a family emergency and she has to go and do something for a family, which I didn't know about this, by the way. When I when I told her I'd help her out, I didn't know like she needed it that bad. I thought she just needed it as like uh, she had to go take take her kids somewhere or some, you know, there's a lot of them are parents there. So I thought maybe she just had to go take her kid and something came up where she had to go do something for her son or um our kid and she goes you know and the one girl's like now you can go get the plane ticket and you can go and and go and go do it like i don't know exactly she had to go do with the plane ticket but it sounded like she really needed to go somewhere to go for her family or for her um her kid and so she gave me a hug and that's how i knew it was really important to her because she came over and, and gave me a hug and like those and a lot of them there don't really do that like um I mean, I, I mean, I'm talking about myself, right? I'm trying to talk about myself right now, but I don't really do the, the, the hugging thing too much. But the, the point is like, I, I stepped up, right? I stepped up and I went and took the position, not knowing that she really needed it as bad as, as maybe uh, as, as bad as I thought she needed it. And it came back and, and it, it was good because she came back and she was all excited and happy. And now I can basically do the same for her, right? I could basically go back and be like, Hey, I helped you out this one time. I really need your help on this. Maybe we can switch. Right. So it, it's, it's basically like a double, it's a double win. Cause I felt really good about myself because I, I helped her out, but at the same time, now it can come back and, and reward me in the end for good karma, which I, you know, I didn't really do too much for that. I just did it to help her out. And I knew she needed help. So I helped her out. Now, that's one thing I wanted to update you guys on was that because that was that was kind of, it was something that I wasn't expecting, right? I wasn't expecting anything in return. I wasn't expecting her to be uh, so happy about it. 
Um, and I didn't know that she really needed it as bad as she needed. So that's why I brought that up was it was something, it's almost like volunteering, right? You go and volunteer somewhere and someone sees you and they're like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? And you're like, oh, I just volunteered. You know, I volunteered three hours to go paint this building for the city because I didn't like how it looked. And then people are like, oh, wow. Like, like, oh my gosh, like, that's crazy. Like, why would you do that? And you're just like, cause I wanted, I knew there was an issue and I wanted to step up and, and fix it. Right. So that's kind of what happened. And I was watching, I was watching this motivational video too, by the way, which is really, really ironic today, but it was talking about how most people don't take action by you telling them that you did something. Like if, uh, if I came up to you and I was like, I went and donated some money to this organization, you're going to be like, Oh wow. Okay. Like that's, that's okay. Like that's cool. That's kind of cool. Right. But if I said to you and I showed you that I went and volunteered three hours to go help little kids read and better progress into reading, and I donated three hours of my time to go do that, and I showed you pictures of, look, look, look at little Johnny. Look at little Johnny. I just helped him learn how to read to, like yesterday, and, and I donated three hours to these little kids. People get inspired by your actions, and people then feel like they have to go and start volunteering their time and do things because – they're watching you step up to the plate and do something. So I kind of thought about what I did and maybe in the end, it'll actually, it'll actually cause a lot of people to step up to the plate where I work in that department. And maybe through my actions, it might make other people do what I just did and be less selfish. Now I'm not telling you everyone's selfish. Uh, I can't remember really loud, Uh, but I'm not telling you that it's selfish. I'm just telling you that, I'm just telling you that your actions are speak louder than your words is a better, a better saying that I could give you. Like your actions speak louder than your words and it causes, it causes other people to be like interested and be like, Oh man, like, like, why did he, why would he do that? Like, why would he donate some time? And I'm hoping that's what kind of comes out of this. And I don't know if that's what's going to happen, but you never know. Right. So that's an update. I got one more update and we'll go into these two topics, but this other one's really, really interesting. Now, this what happened to me a couple days ago is I ended up getting a uh, a message on Facebook from someone that uh, I think I'm still friends with on Facebook, but like I ha- you know, I, a lot of a lot of things you know happen where I ended up not being his friend anymore, and he ended up reaching out to me, and I haven't talked to him in a long, long, long time, like maybe six or seven months, right, and he ended up reaching out to me and he was like, Hey man, I'm really like, you know, basically like apologizing and, and, and basically just kind of saying like, you know, I'm really sorry. Like it's kind of stupid that we're not talking and X, Y, and Z. And, and, and basically like saying like he wants to meet up and talk and, and kind of catch up. Right. And it was really unexpecting to get it because it was a day I was working on a Saturday and I what you know, obviously I'm not expecting to hear from that person. Like, I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm not talking to that person anymore. Right. And he, and he hits me up and he's like, yeah, I, I saw your podcast. I was talking to, uh, Steven, which Steven's the one that I've been, I'm trying to get on the podcast, but he was like, I was, you know, chilling with him and we were talking about your podcast and he's like, I've watched a couple of them and they're really good. And it's just crazy. Cause a lot of people, when I first started this podcast goals and updates, uh, a lot of people gave me a lot of critiques, a lot of people that are really close to me. And that's why I say like, you can't let other people talk you out of things. Like if you're committed, you got to go hundred percent in and no hold, you know, you can't hold yourself back because other people are telling you to, 
Um, and I started this podcast and when I first started, you know, I had no one, no one would come through and listen or, uh, you know, I probably wasn't good at all. Like the first episode you can go on Podbean and go listen to it. It's, it's the, it's probably the worst episode I have on here because I just went, um, ah, or the intro. Right. And I didn't, I wasn't really good at speaking. I was kind of nervous. I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't have structure like I do now. And it's, uh, you know, it's been a long, long journey to get to 100 episodes, right? A a long, long journey to get to 100 episodes and a lot of commitment. You know, I had to go to other people's places. I went to Fabrizio's place, go to his interview. And um, I went there twice. I drove, um, I drove 20, not 20 miles, I think, or 15 miles, which, you know, obviously doesn't sound like a lot if you're driving a car, but out of my way to go to um, an office building, which was really outside my comfort zone. I didn't know what to expect or what was going to go on. And the guy ended up letting me use his space. And I got to interview uh, Dr. D or uh, President Daniels with Toastmasters. I got to interview him, which was pretty awesome. And that interview was probably one of the best interviews I probably had on the show, right? Because he was just very, he's really used to talking in front of people. So it was just easy for him. So it was a good interview. But point that I'm trying to make to you is that I, you know, if I let other people talk me out of it, when I made the first one, I, a lot of people came to me and was like, Hey, the videos are too long. Like your, like your, your topics are okay. Like little things, right. That kind of bothered me when I first did it, because I was trying to find the niche. I was trying to find my groove. I was trying to figure out how, you know, what I wanted to do with this show. I didn't even really have a clear vision for it. And, and then later on, people started reaching out to me and they're like, Hey man, I saw that episode. It was so, it was good. You're a good speaker. Right. And then like people from high school would hit me up and they'd be like, Hey man, I really, I saw that episode. It's kind of crazy how you're on episode 70 or 80. Right. And people are like amazed. People are like amazed that I'm, I keep on going and I keep on doing the podcast and I'm, and I'm at a decent high number, um, which, you know, I don't consider a hundred episodes really that, that, that big, a big, you know, obviously big for me because I wouldn't imagine I, I would be doing a hundred episodes but at the same time, there's, you know, professional podcasters out there that have thousands of pounds, thousands of episodes out, but they've been doing it way longer than me, right? They've been doing it for like five plus years. I've only, I haven't even done this for a year yet. So the point is, uh, you know, don't let other people discourage you go out there and try things. And that's going to be the, the first topic we're going to go into. So try new things, right? You want to try new things. And, and the reason I came up with this topic was, I was the type of person when I first kind of, I first kind of started out in high school and I went into college. I, well, let me go back to high school. So high school, I didn't do anything. I kind of just went to school, came home, played a lot of video games. If anyone knows me, you'll definitely hear me talking about that a lot because even though it was a very, very fun time, I had, you know, I, I had some really good friends at the time and I, you know, you can't take, take away those memories that I, I got by playing with other people. Um, but back then too, online video games were kind of like a trend, even though it's still kind of trending today, but back then it was just starting online video gaming was becoming very popular and it was very new and interesting. And I remember like the first time I got a microphone and I could talk to other people from across the world and play with them in a video game and start strategizing with them. And my game that I would always play was uh, Halo three. That was like the game that I, constantly would come home and play and it was the first game to do like forge mode and stuff and you could just come up with these crazy game modes and maps and just design other things and share it with your friends it's kind of like the first time you could actually share a lot of things uh 
you know, besides social media on gaming. And it was really crazy. But I would just do all these, you know, crazy things in that game. And I just remember, like, as soon as school would end, I'd come home and I'd set up team doubles with my one friend and we'd just play for hours, like barely do any homework. He did all his homework, but kind of screwed around and maybe like fudged my homework or um, I kind of, you know, slacked a lot in high school and, and uh, yeah, high school, especially I slacked a lot. But the point being is, you know, I didn't do a lot in high school. I kind of just messed around, kind of went to school, came home. And then when I went to college is when I started trying a lot of new things, because what happened was everyone left, everyone left and it forced me to kind of be by myself for a while because everyone went to these high, high, uh, high end colleges and I didn't have the grades to go. And so I stayed in Coral Springs and my only choice at the time was a community college because I, you know, I, I didn't, I, I knew I didn't have the money. I didn't really want to take out the student loans. I, I kind of knew about student loans before people were kind of going to, to school. Um, and I kind of knew I could afford going to Broward college. And I kind of knew at the, at the, at that time too, that it was kind of my only route. I knew that it was the only school that was probably really going to accept me with a, a barely a 2.0 average uh, GPA. And so I went there and I started trying all these new things. I, uh, I went to different classes and got to meet different people. And I, I changed just going to school and coming home to actually trying to get more engaged at school. And the first year was kind of rough because like I said, everyone moved. I was on my own. I was trying to figure things out. Um, my one friend was still down here and he was kind of, he was going to Broward college and I had another friend before, you know, I became ex friends, whatever. And I had a couple people and then those people sort of drifting away and I wasn't really friends with a lot of those people anymore. What's up, Eric. It's kind of funny that I was going to talk about you, but um, then my one friend who actually just joined uh, moved away to Orlando. So it was a little bit difficult, right? I didn't have the same group of friends around me. So I had, I was kind of forced to try new things at that college. And what I ended up doing was I'm like, all right, I need to, I'm like, I'm looking around at people. And, and at the time I was, I was really into the internet and I was watching a lot of videos I was watching a lot of motivational videos. I was watching a lot of different things. Uh, yeah, hundred episodes, man. But, uh, but the point that I'm trying to make here is I was kind of forced to figure out what I wanted. And that was kind of like the game changer because once I figured that out, I was like, all right, I want to go into business, but what do I want to do with business? And everyone that I told, them, I'm like, I'm just going to do general business. And everyone's like, you know, I was talking to like business majors. I was talking to uh, people that have already graduated and are in business positions, marketing and everything. And they're all like, you can't do general business. You got to pick a niche in business and you got to, you got to specialize in it. And that's how you get the jobs. Cause if you go and you apply for a job, cause this is, you know, I wasn't thinking about my future that well. And I just thought, okay, I'm going to do general business. I'm going to get a general degree and I'm going to go open up my own business. And that's really what my focus was. And then what kind of happened was I'm pitching, you know, I'm pitching these ideas uh, to the people that I was working, you know, I was kind of surrounding myself with. And they're just like, Hey man, like we, I've already graduated and I kind of did the same thing that you're doing. And this is kind of what happened where you would go, you, you apply for a position. And since you're general business, you're not specialized in something, they tend not to, they overlook you because they want like a marketer or they want a salesperson or they want this person. Right. And, and if you're, if you don't have the skills that match that, and you're just general, uh, they're probably most likely not going to pick you. They're going to go with like, if you're going for a marketing position, they're going to go for someone that's specialized in marketing. And I thought about it and I was like, yeah, you know, you're probably right. 
right? Because now they got me thinking in a different perspective. And I'm like, oh, I got to go try something. So that's when I looked up online. I'm like, all right, what are the top business, uh, the top um, you know, high in demand jobs? I knew that was a big problem too, because when I was watching these videos, the biggest problem and these people that were telling me the same thing were, um, you know, and I go to my, my sister's school and they're like, hey, we can't find a job. Or I'd hear this person go, hey, I went in and got a degree in this, but I can't find a job because no one's hiring in that market or that degree area right? Or that career area. So I'm like, I'm like, damn, yo, people are graduating. They're not finding jobs. Let me make sure that I'm searching before I make a decision, which niche I want to go in, that it's a high in demand position. And that's, that was the, you know, that's, that was the game changer for me. Cause I looked up online, what are the top 10 business positions or careers where it's high in demand marketing was, I believe like third or second on that list. And when I read through marketing, I read the description. It was like, you got to be creative. You got to think outside the box. You have to do this. And I'm like, perfect. Like I, I knew right away, as soon as I read it, I'm like, oh, that's the one. I got to go try that. So I knew the other bad thing with, with uh, most college students is, first of all, they don't work. Most of them don't work. And if they work, they, they don't do the internships. They go and they work a job that is like a cashier's position, barely, you know, barely able to pay the the, um, the payments of the college. And at the same time, it's not, it's not in their field of work. So they're not building experience as they're going through college. And I started thinking to myself, you know, that's going to be an issue because I know for a fact, the first thing they're going to ask me on a, on a, uh, on a resume, when I submit one or um, a job application is how much experience do you have in the field of this work? And that was something I read when I think I was reading the description too. They're like, you know, you want to have experiences, maybe do internships. They're giving you steps basically to get into that position with marketing. And I'm like, oh, that's perfect. I'm like, I know there's a internship place at my college or a, a career center where, where there's an internship um, kind of like network area where you can go and you can start to apply for internships within that college where these companies are trying to hire students that don't have any experience. I'm like, perfect. So I go in there, the lady hands me the paper and she's like, listen, we have plenty of inter, uh, internships for marketing, but this one you're going to want to look into because in internships, they really don't pay you. And since you told me you have bills that you're paying, you have a car, uh, you know, you're paying insurance, car insurance and other things, you have bills and you kind of have to work. Maybe you want to look into this one. They're paying $10 an hour and it's, that's really, really good. She's like, most of them don't even pay anything like zero. Like you work for free. And I go, and I go, I go, I go, damn, all right, let me try it. So I'm looking at this paper, I'm looking at this paper and I'm like, I'm like, uh, you know, I was really nervous because obviously I've never applied for this. You know, I don't know like what to, to do, but at the same time, I'm like, what's the worst that happens if I apply for this and I get it, I get it. And it's gonna, it's gonna help me. And if not, I'll just go somewhere else. And, you know, a couple of times I looked at the paper and, and left and kind of pushed it to the side. And then one day I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to go on the website and I'm, I'm going to, cause I, I kind of know how to get jobs. But that was my big thing is I took a uh, class in high school and they went through the interviewing process and they're like, this is what companies look for. They want, you know, most people's problem. And this is what my teacher went through. And he was like, most people's problems are they think of what the company can do for them. So they talk to the company like, Oh, like, I need this. I want that. And they start talking about themselves. And he's like, it's the wrong mindset to look at it. You got to convince the company to hire you. And what can you do for that company? And that's what you have to preach. Don't preach to that company is 
I have this skill, I have this skill, this is what I can offer you as an individual that I'm going to work for your company and be able to produce X, Y, and Z. And I was like, I was like, damn, that's brilliant, man. Like, that's brilliant. And I, and that's the mindset that I always had when I applied for things. And the funny thing was, um, that's what got me the, all these job interviews with, uh, this company or this internship. I had to go through like two different, I had to do a phone interview. I had to do a person interview. I had to take these quizzes. I had to go and do all these little foot, you know, little loopholes to get into, uh, meeting the decision maker, which was the person that owned it or was the C, um, the vice president and be able to go and meet someone that would get me the position there. It's going through everything, you know, putting the resume through cover letter, everything. And I ended up going to one step to the next step to the next step. And I ended up eventually the person that was interviewing me told me to come in for an interview. I, I sat with her. I took a little quiz that I had to do there. And I think it was uh, to see if, you know, it was just like a common, it was like a common sense test or whatever. But then the crazy part was then she goes, okay, now you can go meet uh, the vice president, which is the, the wife of the CEO or the person that owns this company. And I was like, I, I was like really nervous. I was like, oh man, like this is crazy, right? I sit down with her and she's like really impressed on how I like present myself and how I can speak. And she's like, you know, your generation doesn't really speak well, really impressed with your resume and cover letter. Cause she's like, I'm telling you, all of them did not have a good resume and a cover letter. She's like, I love the fact that you went in here and you said, you know, went through the website. Cause that was the big thing that I read in there is they're trying to look for someone that can help them with their website. It's outdated. And so I went through there and I'm like, you know, I, I, uh, you know, I noticed that you don't have social media on there. You don't have this. And I'm like, maybe you can, like, these are tips that maybe you can use to enhance it and get more engagement and get more um, people to go to your website and maybe even work with you closer. And I went through different things and she's like, you're the only one that touched on the website. And I was like, well, you know, I have the mindset of, you know, I read the paper that they gave me and I noticed the big thing on there was the website that you guys wanted. And that was something that, you know, I, I, I tried to uh, make sure I put in the cover letter and the resume because I knew that that's what you guys were looking for. And I tried to, you know, it's not about me. It's about helping you guys right off the back, got the job. Right. So the, the, the point that I'm trying to make to you is that if I didn't step out my comfort zone, I didn't try that new position because I didn't have any marketing. I didn't have any marketing experience. Um, and I was, and I stayed in my comfort zone, right? I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have attempted to go and get that job interview. And that was me really stepping out of my comfort zone, like to the point where I was really nervous throughout all of it. Like, I didn't know what to expect. I've never gotten a job like that before. Um, I was really concerned that I was going to work with these high-end people and these people were going to judge me. And that was back when my mindset wasn't so great. And I just knew that I had to, I had to do something right. And really try to step out of my comfort zone and try something new. And that was probably the best example I could give you is that one, uh, which ended up turning into a, you know, create a crazy roller coaster ride of other experiences and opportunities that presented itself from that one opportunity. So, and I'm not going to go into all those because we'll be here for two hours of me speaking about all that stuff, but, uh, it's definitely something, you know, you'll hear about in later episodes. I'm pretty sure I talked a little bit about this, this incident on another episode, but you'll, you'll hear about it throughout different episodes, but, um, also trying thing, you know, trying new things. Uh, when I was young, I tried a lot of new things. I went to hockey, baseball, I'm trying to think, um, baseball, hockey, hockey was a big thing. I really liked hockey a lot. I went into, I did BMX for a little while. I tried skating and skating just wasn't really it didn't really like skating too much. Like I kind of envy people that can skateboard to be a hundred percent honest with you and can do tricks on a skateboard. Cause I couldn't even, I couldn't even get the, 
um it's not a uh, i'm trying to th- an ollie i couldn't even get the ollie and that that stuff pissed me off because i that's really all i needed was the ollie and then i could start you know f- screwing around with the board and start learning the tricks um because that's that's what happened it's the same idea in bmx right like once i got the j-hop which is lifting the bike up in the air i then could start doing flat tricks and it's flat because you're on flat ground so you're trying to do these tricks on flat ground um you're not using a ramp so I knew, you know, once I did that, if I could get the ollie, I could probably learn a couple basic trip, uh, basic tricks on a skateboard, which I never got the ollie, and it, it always pissed me off when people, you know, people on skateboards are doing kick flips and stuff. But anyways, um, that's kind of that's that was me trying a like something completely new was BMXing because I looked at what these people were doing, and I'm like, dude, these people are crazy. Like these people are gonna get hurt. Like I don't even know why they want to do this. And I ended up getting a BMX bike because of my one friend. My one friend ended up getting a, uh, getting us all into BMX. And the funny thing was I was the last one to kind of quit on BMX. I haven't really BMXed in a long time. But um, eventually when I get to my goal of moving to Orlando, uh, you know, there's a lot of BMX parks over there. And unfortunately, Coral Springs, there's only one major – there's two parks you can go to in a bike. Uh, most of them that are indoor that are really cool are only skate parks around here. And there's no indoor for BMX bikes, at least not that I know of, and unless you have to travel far for it. And there's only two decent parks that I can think of. One's called Free Park in Tamarack, which is very over overly crowded and really hard. You have to go at certain times where you can, you know, actually get on things. And then the other one is Betty Straddling, and Betty Straddling was uh, you got to pay, so you didn't want to go there all the time because you'd be out of money, uh, even though it's you know, not that bad. But and some of the stuff over there was okay. And sometimes it was packed there too. So, um, which I'm sure, you know, the pack thing is going to happen anywhere, but in Orlando, there's a lot of indoor skate parks. There's a lot of just skate parks in general. And that's what I kind of needed that I wasn't getting down here. So I ended up stopping, but I'm pretty sure if I go back to Orlando, you know, I pick up a BMX bike on a weekend or something and just go ride and try to learn some tricks. And, um, sorry, my allergies are kind of kicking in, but uh, so that's kind of, you know, that was BMX, but I was the last one standing because I was really dedicated to it. And I started learning tricks and, and I remember just getting the 180. And, and if anyone knows the 180, the 180 is like the most simple, basic trick you can get, but it was the most frustrating trick to really try to learn. And the reason for it is if you go 90 degrees, you're falling straight on your ass and there's no getting out of it. You're just, you just kind of keep falling and falling and falling and you mess up your bike a lot because of the tires and then you have to like readjust the wheel and sometimes you have to like go get your uh your rims trued which is just you know the, the little um can't think of the spokes there's spokes inside the rim those loosen up when you do the 90 degrees so like certain things happen you get frustrated you keep going you keep trying you keep trying and that's you know the mentality of skating and bmxing are just you're you're constantly failing and failing and failing until eventually you land the trick and then you still constantly fail and fail and fail. You just landed it the first time. You're like, oh, it's possible. Like, like I did it. Like, I know I can do it again. And then you're still trying to get used to doing the trick because once you land it the first time, you're kind of trying to figure out how you landed it the first time. So now you're still failing and failing and failing. Eventually you get it and you're like, okay, I know what I did to do it. I got to move the way I'm positioning my body and I got to balance this way and go backwards and pedal this way. So I get more, you know, stability to keep going backwards fake you out of it or whatever, or hop out of it. And, um, that's, you know, that's the, that was the hard part for a lot of people is they couldn't get the rotation part. And then the fakie at the end was the hardest part, right? 
Because I, I constantly got the rotation. I just couldn't get the fakie for a long time. It would piss me off uh, tremendously. It would just really piss me off. And my one friend would kind of do it sometimes, and I'd be like, yo, screw you. <laughs> and then you, that's when you get frustrated, too, and your friends start landing in, and you can't land it. But uh, but it also motivates you, too, which is kind of cool. But, um, but that, you know, that's BMXing and the whole skate life. But the point that I'm trying to make is uh, if I didn't try BMX, if I didn't try certain things, you know, I wouldn't have the experiences. I wouldn't have, you know, you wouldn't see the person I am today. The one thing that really frustrates me with this topic, uh, trying new things, is people that don't try food. And they just look at it and they go, I'm not even going to try that. I don't like that. And I'm just, I tell people all the time, like, I think it's the the biggest, the biggest, uh, you're screwing yourself out so hard when you do that. Cause if you're doing that to food, I can only imagine what you're doing to what you're doing that, that mindset or that attitude to other things that are important. Like, Oh, I don't want to do that. Like I'm too good for that. Like, I don't want to do that. Right. And I had, I had like, ex-girlfriends that did it. I had friends that would do that crap with food and they wouldn't even try it. And they'd be like, Oh, I hate it. I don't like it. And I'm like, did you try it? And they would be like, no, I didn't try that. And I'd be like, dude, try it. It's actually really, really good. It's actually surprising. It doesn't look good, but it is good. Right. And it's just, it, it's just crazy. Like the, the trying, the trying new things is, is one of the most important things that I learned is just try new things. Um, I failed at a lot of different things, had a lot of different ideas. Funny enough, uh, you know, Jimmy just joined on this on Instagram, but I had this idea for a long time about a coffee shop and I was trying to convince, it was actually kind of funny. I was trying to convince them for a long time to do it and it just, you know, it didn't end up going through, but, um, me and Jimmy, which is really funny is, uh, we, we constantly pitch ideas to each other. Like we're constantly thinking of business ideas and we're constantly doing things. Yeah. So Jimmy wrote on uh, Instagram, I've helped you expand your taste buds. Cause for anyone that doesn't know Jimmy, he's a, uh, he's a chef. Like we call him the master or I call him the master chef. So like, he's really good at cooking. And when we used to work at the Iceplex, he, um, he would create like these crazy concoctions, which were just unbelievable. And like, you'd have like people that were working there that would line up to the cashier and be like, Hey, like I want Jimmy to make that special thing for me. And it was, it was so funny, but um, yeah, Jimmy's J- Jimmy definitely gave me, uh, you know, better taste in food variety. Cause I was the type of person that just ate a lot of bland foods until I, I started eating Jimmy stuff. And that's kind of funny, but, um, but besides the point, like, and that goes to trying new things because sometimes Jimmy came up with some crazy, crazy ideas where you had to be kind of ballsy to try, but then you, then you actually ate it and you're like, Oh man, this is the best thing I ever ate in my whole entire life. But you know, the average person will look at it and said, Oh man, it doesn't look too good. It doesn't sound good. Cause the way you're explaining it. And I don't want to try that. Same man. I always got your back too, man. But um, but the but but the the point being is you got to try new things, and that's what I started really learning is, uh, especially at this job, like a lot of people don't try to take on new responsibility. They just want to stay in the same thing, and they're just like, oh, I hate that. I don't want to do that. And when my manager is like, hey, man, I want you to try this new thing. Um, it's gonna you know it'll help me out. I'm like, hey, show me how to do it. I'll keep trying until I get it. But you know, that's what I'm going to try to do is, is help you out. That's my job here is to help you out. And I know if I try new things and I get more skills from this company, I'm more of an asset. They're more likely to fire the person next to me. That's not trying to better themselves within the company than someone like myself. That's like, Hey, I know how to do all these things. If you fired five people here, I could do the, the, the same things these five people can do. So, you know, even though it sounds kind of crazy and cruel, it's just the truth. Most people don't look at it as an asset. 
to a company. They just, they're like, oh, I'm not going to do that. Like they don't pay me enough to do that. I don't do that. Uh, and that's, that's how I did really well at the marketing position at Broward College because when these people over here said, I don't want to learn that, I never said that. I said, hey, I can go on YouTube and learn how to do that and I'll figure it out and we'll just work together on it. I don't know how to do that. Like, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know how to do that, right? But I'll figure it out. Like, I'll go on YouTube and I can probably figure it out. I mean, I, and I told her too, I'm like, I've grouted tile before and I've never grouted before. I got you. And I would just do things that were way out of my description for that job. And I got, you know, I got completely screwed under the table uh, with money because I'm an intern there. I was making part-time hours at, you know, a flat $12 rate or whatever, or like $12.50 um, or 11 something, I think, at one, you know, the first time I started there. But some people are like, oh, that's not that bad. But yeah, but when you're going to college at the same time and you're, and you're working and you're doing other things, you know, it's, it's not paying a lot and you're not really making a lot. I only made like 12,000 a year, year, uh, year there, which was like pennies. It's not, it's not a lot. So, um, especially once I tried to live on my own, I figured it wasn't a lot very, very fast. It was, <laughs> it wasn't a lot of money at all, but anyways, that's trying new things. Now, the second topic we're going to go into is going to be look into success stories. Now, the reason I came up with this is because most people, when they get hit with negativity or a negative out, outcome, or if someone's trying to tell them something and they're trying to be very negative to you, what I do is when someone tells me something's impossible, I use success stories from other individuals to counteract that negativity. And now what I mean by, I'm going to try to give you some examples is um, I've, I've listened to a lot of emotional, uh, motivational videos. So a lot of those people came from nothing and worked themselves to the top making, um, you know, easily like $500,000 a speech or $250,000 a speech and are millionaires. And, um, and some of the people that I've studied like Grant Cardone, uh, who was literally at the bottom of the bottom drug addict, no one, everyone ditched him. He had nobody left, no family, nothing and worked himself up to be a billionaire. So my point being is that nothing's impossible. And I use these stories to contradict what other people tell me when I'm like, hey, and I share my big idea or I share an idea with someone and they go, oh, that's way too big. There's no way you can do that. And I go, well, and then I give them success stories. Um, the best one is the moon, right? Most people said we wouldn't be able to go to the moon, but we, we the United States, had the first man go on the moon, right? Uh, other stories is, like I said, Grant Cardone with uh, him being a drug dealer, or not drug dealer, I'm sorry, a drug addict, right? A drug addict. And he, from nothing, could make himself something and be like one of the most wealthiest individuals on planet Earth. So that's my point. And the most influential individual that I, I would honestly probably say is the most influential person that I that I know, at least on the internet. And that's something that, you know, is very striking. So when someone tells me something's impossible, I, I tell them like, you know, that's what they used to tell Steve Jobs with the iPhone, but look at the iPhone. Now we have MacBooks and now we have, uh, we have the lap, the Apple laptops, the MacBooks, we have the iPhones, we have the tablets. And I'm like, they're, they're like the leading producer, the first company to hit a trillion dollar capital business capital in the whole entire world this is the first company to ever get a trillion dollars in capital, Right. And that's not coincidental. That's because he didn't listen to the naysayers and the haters and he outdid other people. And he used that stuff as energy, by the way. So 
that's what I mean by you got to start looking into success stories and find these massive stories where when people tell you things, you reflect to these stories and go, Hey, it's, you're doing the same thing. This individual was told. And this individual is now a billionaire. This individual is now the most wealthiest person in the world. And he's motivating these individuals and he's doing this and he's doing that because it's going to happen. You have to understand you're, you're living in, um, you're living in a world where everything is very average. Like people can't, even like imagine them getting to a certain point in their own life. How are they going to, if they don't think they can do it, how can they believe that you're going to do it? Right? So that's what you have to start telling yourself. And that's why the success stories is so important because it contradicts what they're telling you. And it actually motivates you to keep on moving forward. Sorry, excuse me. So that's what I mean by that. And it's really, really important. I'm telling you, if like, it's really the most important thing is that's what's keeping me going. When I feel depressed, when I, when someone tries to hit me with something and it, and it actually does affect me, I think of stories or success stories that, that I'm like, Oh, well this person definitely went through that, but look at him. Like if he can do it, I can do it. Right. And that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to basically use other people's successes or milestones to boost up your confidence and move forward within your life. And, you know, Steve Jobs is the, is probably, you know, the most well-known one. Steve Jobs is definitely probably the most, well, the Apple story is probably the, the best well-known story out there worldwide. And, you know, you just got to start looking at these people and they're everywhere. There's tons of people, especially in the United States that have done incredible things. And they were told over and over and over again that, you know, they weren't going to be successful. They weren't going to do this. They promised they were going to do and they ended up proving everyone wrong. And there's tons of stories out there and tons of individuals that have done it. So that's how I know it's, you know, nothing's impossible because there's so many success stories out there, right? There's hundreds and millions and thousands. And, you know, you're living, if you're living in the United States, I don't know if you're living, you're listening to this outside of the United States. It's very, very possible that this is on Podbean and you're somehow listening to this worldwide. But um, if you're living in the United States, you're living in the most wealthiest countries uh, you know, the most wealthiest country in the whole entire world, uh, due to cap, you know, capital, um, not capital, I'm sorry. Damn it. It completely slipped my mind. See what happens when you're on a podcast, but, um, capitalism, that's what I wanted. So capitalism is, uh, obviously, um, I'm going to go too deep down the rabbit hole with all this stuff, but uh, capitalism is one of the, the, the elements that allows the United States or individual people to go from poverty to, to the most wealthiest individuals in the world is capitalism. Um, now, you could be anti-capitalism, which I, I think you're a fool. You just got to look at history itself. And that's how I know if you're anti-capitalist or you're an anti-capitalist, uh, you haven't looked at history because history will show you that uh, socialism and all that stuff has not worked for any country. And at the same, at the same status, uh, capitalism is the only type of, uh, wealth building machine out there that actually has proven over centuries and centuries and decades that it, that the average person can get out of poverty through capitalism by selling goods for services and exchanging it for money and, and, and kind of, you know, basically being able to own your own business and, and outdo the competition and have competition and uh, so forth and, and, and whatnot. Right. I'm not going to go too deep down the rabbit hole, like I said, but the point that I'm trying to say is, you know, if you're living in the United States, you really have no excuse to not um, 
be a successful a successful individual it's it's got to be yourself right it can't be society it's got to be you um you got to take ownership of that so you know and that's why you see me pushing out these episodes and you see me you know working on done deal investments and you see me doing certain things because i want to be successful i don't i don't want i don't want to be stuck in one place and blame everyone else and be miserable i want to hit my goals and i want to hit my achievements and so you know, that's how, that's what got me to the episode 100 of goals and updates was, um, the success. Like I, I want to be successful. I want people to know me. I want my message to go out. I want to give voices to people and I want people to understand that, uh, I want people to understand that anything's possible. It, it really, it's really that simple. Anything is possible as long as you believe in yourself and you really, tr- and you really strive to outdo yourself every single year. And you actually really strive to, to fix that mindset and really develop a really good mindset. Because I'm telling you, it starts with the mind and then it works its way out. So you got to start internally to externally. So that's, that's the real, that's the real thing that I can really give you. So those are, you know, that's the whole reason why I wanted to talk about that topic, which is look into success stories. Now I'm going to go into done deal investments real quick, and then we're going to end this. So for anyone that doesn't know, my name is Tyler Dunn. I own a company called Dunn Deal Investments LLC, where the deal is already done. Now, this business is designed to help distressed sellers and put them with investors. And what it's doing is the whole idea of Dunn Deal Investments is we're creating the deal for the investor, but we're also helping the, the seller get out of that distressed situation. So, and this also could work for someone. You don't have to be in a distressed situation. You could just be someone that wants to sell their house really fast. But the main reason I created this was to help people that are in crisis situations, which I'm going to go over the type of situations where this, uh, this company and this service will actually help out a lot of people, um, solve that problem. And then I'm going to go over the three steps of financial freedom. So how the process works and what are the three steps in order to help you get out of that crisis. Now, how this how, you know, the problems that this, this company will solve Dundeal Investments LLC with the services is people that are in pre-foreclosure. Now, pre-foreclosure is very simple in the fact of knowing what it is, where uh, pre-foreclosure is just when you owe money normally through a bank, a mortgage, through a bank, right? And you need to basically get out of that financial condition where you owe too much money, you maybe skipped a couple payments and now the bank is coming to collect the property and repossess the property. And you're going to lose all that money that was tied in and it's going to definitely affect your credit. So that that's where Dundee Investments can help you sell the house really fast and basically just pay off that mortgage and move on to the next property. Now, the other one would be liens. Now, liens are just when cities um, they have codes and standards for that property. And maybe, you know, you have, you have a dirty roof or you have really overgrown grass and the city cited you for it. And you waited and waited and waited uh, for whatever reason. And now it collected interest every single day. So maybe it started off at a hundred and you kind of were going to struggle a little bit with a hundred dollars, but now it's up to a thousand dollars. Now you really don't have a thousand, you know, you didn't have a hundred. Now you really don't have a thousand and it tripled and quadrupled. And, the point being is now you need some type of way to get out of that before that, that really hurts you financially. Now that's where Dundee investments can also help you get out of those liens, pay those liens off and help you out through that. The other one would be a job transfer. Now job transfers are just very basic where 
Um, it's basically where you find opportunities somewhere else. It could be in another state, maybe even another country, or maybe it's just another city where it's, you know, a couple of cities down where you have to move. So you're closer and it's just easier for you. And you got to sell really fast. You just, you got the word that you have to move in the next week and you have to start this job in the next week or two. That's where Dundee investments would be able to help you sell it really fast. Uh, if you, some people think of like, Oh, I gotta go through a real estate agent. And that's not, that's not true in the fact that if you went through a real estate agent with a job transfer, some of them take four weeks to a month and a half, maybe even longer, depending on the agent. And what happens is, you know, like you got to move quick. You got to actually get out of the house and move. So that's where Dundee investments would solve that problem for you really quick. Other one would be um, divorce. You're we're at a rate right now with divorce where it's like 48%. Um, I don't know if it's moved. I haven't really checked in the last, uh, you know, I should probably go on there and check that. But Last time I looked, it was like 47, 48% divorce rate. And the reason I'm talking about divorce, because a lot of people are like, why do you always talk about divorce? The reason I'm talking about divorce is it's a, it's a problem that's very common in the United States, but it's something where your property is something that you're going to have to split. And depending on your state, especially in Florida, which is where Dundee Investments is, is located and where we can help you um, in Broward County, Florida, it you know, divorce down here is it's a 50 50 state. So if you both have your name in the property and you guys have to decide on splitting it or who keeps it, sometimes the best way is just to sell it really quick and then just split the cost 50 50 when you sell it. That's where Dundee Investments would help you. We'd sell it really quick. You split the price 50 50, do the equity, and then you just go your separate ways. And um, that's one less problem on your hands with that divorce. Now, the other one would be if you inherited a property and this one is, it's not as common as all the other ones I'm talking to you about, but it still happens quite a lot. And normally what happens is you have a loved one that passes away and they end up, you end up inheriting the property that they had or owned. And most people don't know what to do with it. They just decide to go through a real estate agent, but some of these properties or most of them, um, a lot of elderly people lived in it and there's a lot of maintenance that they didn't keep up with. So they, you know, water heater, the roof is damaged. Um, they left all their belongings in there and they like, you don't, you don't probably want to clean that up. So that's where Dundee investments would buy it as is with an investor. And then we would just basically give you the cash offer and you'd walk away with the cash offer. And in that situation, you probably wouldn't need another property. You just, you're just trying to get rid of a property fast, but we could help with that. Now there's a couple other ways we can help you. Like there's tons of other topics I could be talking about where we can help you, but it's any type of situation where um, you just need to sell that property very fast to get out of a financial situation. That's really what Dundee Investments is uh, designed to do. So that um, speaking about those topics, now what I'm going to do is talk about the three steps to financial freedom. So these are the three steps where, um, this is how Dundee Investments works. This is the process that we have to go through in order to sell your house fast. So the first step is you have to contact Dundee Investments, whether it's email, phone, texting, website, and filling out a form, social media, which is Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Excuse me, Instagram. Any uh, any of those would work, right? Um, if you're on Facebook right now, because Instagram doesn't really catch us, because I talk you know past the hour and I do this, but if um. If you're, you know, if you need to contact us, whatever way you feel comfortable, it's in the description on Facebook. If not, I'm sure if you're listening to this on Podbean, I've updated the, the, um, the description and put all the links and everything in there for you. So it should be pretty easy for you to find that now. Um, so that's the first step. You gotta, con you gotta somehow contact me or Dundee Investments to know that you need that the physical help. 
because I'm not a mind reader. I don't know that you need help unless you contact us. That's the first step. And when you contact us, I'm just going to ask you very, very basic questions. So it's going to be a couple questions on what's the problem that you're trying to solve and get out of and some basic questions on what condition your property is in. So I get a better understanding of what I'm working with, how to help you, what we need to do in order to help you. And then now we go into step two. So step two is once we get all those questions answered and we move on to the second step, then we have to set up an appointment for me to come to your property. And what I'm going to do is what I call do a walkthrough. Now, the reason I'm doing the walkthrough is I'm going to bring a sheet with me and I'm going to basically be like, all right, we have broken windows, we have roof damage, anything that's a cost to the investor, I have to jot down. And then I'm going to take five pictures inside your property and five pictures outside your property. Now, could be more. It's just the minimum that I'm going to, you know, I, I told myself I was going to do, right? Five and five. So um, so the reason we're taking pictures and we're, we're getting, you know, jotting down estimates of cost is when I go to find you an investor, I need to present all this information to them. And this way it cuts down the foot traffic, right? It cuts down the foot traffic of having um, all these people come to your house and like, almost like an open house, right? But I'm really doing it online as like an online open house and we're cutting down all the foot traffic. Now, if you've ever gone through a real estate agent, this is where we're really, really different from a real estate agent because real estate agent relies on open houses where people just come off the street and look at your house and they try to get someone to, you know, bite, bite the line basically and buy it. This is where we different from the, the real estate agents where we're not really doing an open house. We're just showing investors images from your house and we're sending them the cost of what it's going to take for them to flip the property and put it in mint condition and make a profit on the market. Now, that's where we really different uh, from real estate agents because we're not a real estate agent. We're investors. We're real estate investors. It's a big difference. Now, from here, once we go and find you the investor, now we're going on to step three. So step three, all it is, is now we're at the end is I have to run comps in your neighborhood to understand, you know, the market in that area that you're in and see, you know, what the cost would be an average cost for your property and what its average worth is. So how I do this is I call it running comps. And what I try to do is I go and try to take three houses that I've sold in your neighborhood really, really recently on the market. And I try to compare it as close as I possibly can. And from those three houses, I get an average price from that average price. I deduct what the investor's cost will be. And at that bottom price is what we negotiate on um, for that, that fair cash offer. Now, when we negotiate on the price and the terms, it's very, very simple in the fact that, you know, we're, once we agree on the price and we agree on the terms, now the terms could be anywhere where you got to stay in there for another three weeks before you can move. You need this before you can move. So anything that you need, you just let me know in the terms and I'll put it in there. And I basically give that to the investor and I get them on the same page. It's really my main job is to make sure this deal runs smooth for you, the seller, and for the investor. Because, you know, both parties have to be on the same page. It's really my job is to get both people on the same page so the deal runs really, really smooth and it's just a smooth transition. And everyone, everyone is satisfied on this deal. So once we come to the agreement on the terms and the price, the seller would sign the contract. I would sign it for done deal investments and the investor, whoever's the investor on the deal would sign the contract as well. Now what happens is now this is the last part of the thing. It's not step four, it's still step three, but it's the vinyl thing where now the seller can walk away from the property, right? Get the cash offer that we offered them and, and agreed upon on the contract. 
and we would obviously uh, you know obey the the terms that we agreed on and if you needed some other resource like real estate agents to go find another property you need home inspectors financing that's where you'd still come to Dundee investments and i would then try to help you with other third party resources that you know other connections that i have and if i don't have it i'll find i'll find someone to help you out now I have a lot of real estate agents that I know. I have, you know, uh, some people in finance and, and different things like that. So it, I should have some contacts for you either either way. But anyways, this helps the seller because now the seller gets the cash offer. They can then go and find another property and it doesn't affect their credit. You know, it's just a smooth transaction to get out of the crisis. And um, now let's say you don't want to like leave your house and go to another property. You want to stay and just get out of your financial condition. I have another person or another resource that I can refer you to. And I'm pretty sure what they're going to do is buy the property from you, right? Or get whatever financial condition you're in, they'll buy it. And then what they'll do is they'll rent it to you until you basically pay off the difference that they, that they needed and that they basically helped you out of. And probably a little bit of interest on top of that, that you're going to, that they're basically, you know, gonna, that's how they're going to make their money is, is the interest. So the point being is um, that's another way that if you wanted to stay in there, I could help you out. Now, the how this investor basically wins on this deal is he's obviously going to flip it with his capital and he's going to sell it on the market for full market value and make money off it. Done Deal Investments is obviously going to make money on this deal as well, which is a commission fee, which we call a finder's fee. And this is the coolest part is you're gonna, we're gonna get paid by the investor for putting the deal together and making him money and the seller does not have to pay Dundee investments. That's the coolest thing about this whole entire thing is um, when you go through a real estate agent, they, they have really hefty high commission fees because they have to pay the broker that they're working for, they have to pay themselves and there's other people that are involved in the deal that have to get paid. So that's why there's really high commission fees. So when they sell your house for a good price, you're like, oh, great. And then all of a sudden you see like, it's almost like taxes, right? Like where um, you get paid, you get an income from your paycheck and then all of a sudden all your money's gone. You're like, where's all my money? Well, it went to the real estate agent for the commission fee. So that's what people don't really consider when they're, when they're selling it through a real estate agent. So this is a great way to, to avoid that and, and not pay uh, like really high hefty commission fees. Now, so that's done deal investments. I do want to expand this and make it into a, uh, obviously a bigger business where, we're going to add on more resources. So real estate agents on here, home inspections, uh, financing, different elements of, of home buying. And the whole point of it is to cut down the time it takes to buy a home and help give more resources to property owners and investors at the same time for financing and all other stuff where an investor could also use the resource. So the main goal though, is to really make it a one-stop shop because if you ever, if you've ever bought a property, you know you have to go through so many different companies and so many different steps in the buying process for a property that it's sometimes it's overwhelming, it's difficult, it's not, it's not fun. And so if I can cut down the buying time on properties, I, you know that's that's a that's that's a good way to help people and and help investors and help sellers. So um, that's that's kind of what I want to do. So. I, you know, that's all in time. It's, it's a, it's a long process. A lot of that's like getting business, other business licenses and insurance. And I have to be educated in those fields of work. So it's, a, it's, it's going to be a long process, but way worth it. Uh, but I'll keep you guys updated on different things. I think the, the next thing I'm going to add is, is home inspections, but 
Um, it's a little bit, I put a little bit of that on the back burner only for the fact that I got to get some of this stuff with, uh, with Dundee Investments in line before I can kind of dive into that, that niche. So this is what I'm doing right now. So this is basically it. I don't have anything else to really talk about. So we're going to end it here. So for anyone that doesn't know, my name is Tyler Dunn with Dunn Deal Investments, LLC, where the deal is already done. This has been episode 100 of Goals and Updates. It's been a pleasure uh, hitting the 100th episode mark with you. Uh, we're going to have another episode Wednesday at 7.30. So that's the new time is 7.30, Monday and Wednesday at 7.30. And we'll see you Wednesday. Again, episode 100. It's amazing of Goals and Updates. Have a good one. Peace.